Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 244 of the Big Show of Enforcer-Based Podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Wild weekend, Sunday. Hope everybody's easy like Sunday morning. Although I guess number-wise, listening-wise, most people seem to be listening to these episodes on Monday. Uh, so obviously it's like a commute thing or you're at your work trying to kill the day. So regardless... Thank you very much for tuning in. As I always say, I know there's numerous podcasts out there to be listening to, and the fact that you chose to listen to this this show, I really appreciate it. it. Says really says a lot about you listening to this show. It really does. But welcome, folks. How is everybody doing out there? Um, yeah, I got a fun little snappy little episode for you today. Um, well, before I get into that, uh, you know, obviously I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Over 50 shows in the network, all the NHL teams are represented, so whatever team you're a fan of, there's a podcast for you. And then, of course, Alec over there at the Five for Fighting Podcast, he has moved in. He's making videos of his office now. Yeah, he uh, they, they they're, they've moved in. They got the uh, they got the bumper blocks around the tires for the so the trailer's not going to go anywhere. They're out in the woods. They keep they they like to keep those types of people outside the city limits there in North Carolina. Uh, Puddles the dog has plenty of room to run around. You know, like I said, he's got his video. He's, he's videotaped his Taiwanese massage parlor sign on the wall, and he's got his pictures up in his beer mirror. You know, to really really draw the eye in. Like I said. Real, uh, you know, and then he's got the collage over there, and oh yeah, he's busy probably working on the on the neighbor's Wi-Fi signal, you know, just password. So, yeah, so the, I, you know what, folks, that I, it's here. I know we've uh, we've all talked about it. We've been dreading, and uh, yeah, I actually think there's going to be uh, 
consistent episodes being put out in the Five for Fighting podcast. You know, you can, you can put up with the once a month. You know, we can all learn to live with it, you know. But weekly, I, I can't even wrap my head around. Oh, I can't even wrap my head around. Oh, imagine listening to this weekly. Oh, my God. But I think this is what we're facing. I think this is the, the, the what's going to be facing this country. Not even the country, the world. You know, I hate, you know, I hate to be an alarmist, but I mean, it's a podcast, you know, it goes around the world. I mean, this is what we're facing as a society. The possibility of weekly five for fighting episodes. So, you know, going forward, Godspeed, everybody. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But in the meantime, I get, I guess, I mean, I have, I guess I have to just, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I guess conform. Yeah, I will, uh, well, I'll promote a show because, you know, I, I don't want the, you know, I was going to say I don't want any of that on me, but I guess I'm in it now. So, you know, you already got both feet in the mud. You may as well just jump right in. So, uh, he does have a decent back catalog, you know, Rob Ray, Frank by Lois, uh, Sean Pete, Jason Rushton. Uh, Segroy on and on, so that, you know, and I mean, yeah, yeah, so I mean, I got, you know, you got to give him his due, I, I guess, but yeah, so we'll see, it's going to be interesting going forward, folks, I don't know, but uh, if you happen to be on YouTube, I always say that, but it's it's true, everyone's on YouTube, what am I talking about, um, when you're on YouTube, in all seriousness, if you're on YouTube, go to the Five for Fighting pod, pod, well, podcast. The Five for Fighting YouTube channel. There, say it. Um, he uploaded the majority of the East Coast League fights from last year. And a tremendous year. Lots of tough guys in the league. And it's going to be a real strong year this year, folks. Um, you know, I'll get into that in a sec. But subscribe. I'm assume, I haven't actually asked Alec about this. I'm assuming he's going to get the East Coast League package again and be uploading fights again. I would think. Um, yeah, so definitely subscribe to his channel. Try to get Alec to 1,000 subscribers. I know he's close. He's at 8-something. So, I mean, he'll get there, obviously, once the year starts. But uh, And then, while you're there, bounce on over to the 4th Line Voice, a YouTube channel. Um, I have over 2,500 fights, all the leagues, AHL, NHL, blah, blah, blah. They're all sorted. Type in whatever you're looking for. Boom, up it'll come. I will say, well, it's got 2,500 fights, so it'll definitely keep you busy. But... Uh, the channel's been a little dormant. I've been a little, bit, little tardy uploading things. Um, I've mentioned this on a numerous episodes here, but I, again, for the newer listeners, I know for the old ones, bear with. I do repeat myself. I, I understand that. Um, but you know, I'm always under the illusion that there's, the, or the delusion maybe that there is new uh, listeners. So I'm, you know, it's new to them, right? So uh, where was I? Oh, geez, what was that? My wife just walked past the window. That's what kind of threw me off. Um, oh, yes. I, yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't done much with the channel. Um, due to, I lost my monetization on YouTube. I'm fighting with them over that. I'm going to get Isha to look into it and, uh, we'll see what we can do. But in the meantime, I know once the fall, well, it is fall, I guess, but as we head into like the snowy seasons here, uh, you know, kind of late October, November, but well, we better not get snow in October. It's happened. 
Um, that's what they always say with the Saskatchewan Halloween. You, what are you going as? I don't know. Whatever goes with a jacket with a parka. Uh, that's my costume. Um, no. So once the snow starts flying here, I will have more time because I will not be working as much. Um, right now, I have worked every weekend pretty much. Well, I mean, you guys know I talk about it. Other than my Ice Wars vacation there uh, in early August, um, yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I went to the lake, but that was during the week. Well, I was there on the weekend. The one long weekend I was there. Other than that, I have worked every weekend since May, April, since April. So um, not like 12 hours or anything, but you know, going in the mornings. So um, yeah, so. Uh, so that that leaves me from not staying up at night very late, because um, before I used to stay up to one, two, three in the morning, and that's when I would do a lot of my nerd computer shit and my fights and stuff. I'd be going through DVDs at one thirty in the morning while the wife's not, sawing logs upstairs. I'm clipping off fight clips like a nerd in the basement, so that's why I do a lot of my shit. Um, but I've been going to bed like you know ten, well not ten, well during the week ten thirty, not usually. Usually it's about eleven thirty. 12 o'clock, you know, to get up at 5, like an idiot, so, you know, I did not sleep enough, but, but I've been doing that, obviously, on Fridays and Saturdays, because I got to work on the, in the mornings, right, so, um, point being, ramble, Jesus, verbal soup here, um, I, I don't know, I've been doing this all day for some reason today, like, verbal diarrhea, I don't know what my deal is, um, anyway, uh, yeah, I just haven't had time. You know, because you want to do that, but I'm also, I have two pot, two episodes to do, and a wife to talk to, and a life to live outside of this basement, although sometimes I start to wonder. Um, yeah, so, at any rate, the YouTube channel's been a little slow, but I definitely still want to upload some fight, I actually have some, some different fight DVDs that have some cool shit on them that I want to upload, uh, but I also have some projects that I want to do of just some different, just some different little, little five, ten minute bio pieces, um, uh, well, I keep saying it, saying it, but I definitely want to do a drunk hockey carding uh, series where I would just do like five cards and like, you know, do a little 30 cell. Oh, this is blah, blah, blah. And he played here in a couple fights and look at the picture, ha, 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 you know, and whatever and move on to something else and or move on to another guy and whatever. Just a just a fun little bullshit thing. Because I always say when I when I post the drunk hockey carding stuff up on on social media, it actually gets a pretty good response, right? Because it's not like, oh, here, there's my Bob Probert Red Wings. Well, okay, I mean, not there's anything wrong with that, but it's like, when I do the drunk, I mean, I'll do some of that, but it's kind of like, I'll, I'll show like a junior card, or like a Dave Brown Blades card that I put up the other day, or, you know, or Stu Grimson Regina Pats, or, you know, or whoever, Ken Tasker, you know, Augusta card. You know, just shit like that is kind of what I'm going for. So, you know, and a lot of the drunk hockey card will be guys, like I would say, like the, the B, it'll be the B side, the deep cuts, right? So it'll be some interesting names. And I think, I think that'll just be a fun little thing and, you know, whatever. I, I you know, we're, I'm not going to, you know, we're not solving fucking world peace here or anything, but I mean, you know, just kind of a fun little deal on the, on the YouTube channel that I think would be kind of, uh, kind of a fun little deal. So that's my goal going forward anyway when I get some time here in the fall. But okay. Alright. Well now that we kind of got that, all the advertising and all that stuff out of the way and everything else. Um, what are we going to talk about today? Well first I got to say, I'm recording this Saturday afternoon. What time is it? 3.24. 3.24. Um, yeah. September 17th. 
And I gotta tell you folks, you know what it is? It is my birthday today. Yes, I am recording this uh, on my birthday, se- September 17th. Yep, 1975. Yes, I am old, so 47 years old today. Um, you know what? I've been I've been thinking, I was telling my wife the other day, I've been telling people I've been 47 for most of the year. I forgot how old I was. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was, I was already dating myself. Um uh, I, I worked this morning. I was going to say, and I am actually feeling my age today. My hips are, my one hip is freaking killing me today. Um, I kind of yanked it in my, I kind of pulled my ass muscle the other day at work and, uh, you're right in your fucking ass cheek and then it's kind of over to the hip. It's like, man, you know, you're 47 when, cause you know, when you do that shit, when you're like a teenager and you're early 20, you bounce back, right? That night, you'd uh, you know you'd maybe put some ice on it, drink some beers, and the next day you were, you know, uh, flying around feeling nothing. Now, oh, the shit lingers, man. <laughs> you know, my ass, my ass, like I said, my ass cheeks been hurting me for about three days now. So, yeah, yeah, the peak of, <laughs> of athletic performance right here. Oh, uh, yes, so. Uh, thank you to those who sent me birthday. Well, not that I'm expecting anybody to know because it wasn't like I've, I advertised it all over social media or anything. Um, but I, I did have some people, obviously some friends and stuff that, that know that reached out. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, you know, I love 47. I mean, do we really start, you know, like my wife, like, do you want an ice cream cake? Like what? Oh yeah. Let's put some candles in it too. I'm like, no. No, I don't want ice cream cake. In fact, I'd rather have like a bag of dollar gummy bears, which she actually ended up getting me. So, actually, I will say, my my lovely wife, I saw, I told her, I said, Lisa, I said, don't get me any. Like, uh, we always do this every year. See, I see, I luck out because it's her birthday's in February, and for the last I don't know what decade. As every, well, long time listeners know, maybe the new ones don't, but for long time listeners know, every February we go to Las Vegas. Well, we're always in Vegas for her birthday, so I get out of shit. I don't have to buy her nothing because we're already, we're already in Vegas, right? So, and that's kind of how we got out of doing each other, buying each other Christmas presents because we're like, ah, oh, you know, we got Vegas coming up in a couple months. Let's save our money. We'll just put it towards Vegas. I got the hustle going, guys. Shh, don't tell her, you know. But I've, so I've been managed to like, I've been getting out of Christmas gifts and birthday gifts for like the last decade, right? So, except for when a couple of the school breaks didn't really work out my way and I actually had to come up with some friggin' birthday ideas. I'm a pretty good anniversary guy though. I know my anniversary and stuff. I was, and I kind of follow along like this year is like the wood one and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I, I kind of get unique shit like that. I've actually, to be completely honest, I've always sort of, prided myself on being a, a good gift giver. Like I try to do some unique shit, even at Christmas for like my mom or my brother and stuff. Like I always tried to like, cause it's always like, Oh, what do you want? Cause you know, send me a list, you know? And then it's kind of, I don't know. There it's, what, there's no thought involved in that. Right. So I've never been like that. I've always tried to really focus, you know, I've always prided myself on being a good gift giver. So, um, you know, I, I've actually got my wife some pretty good shit over the years. So that, or like, 
like that would surprise her. Like she liked it, but it was she like no, like you wouldn't she wouldn't have got it in a hundred guesses, right? But like way back when or whatever, I was paying attention. I saw her. We were out somewhere one time, and she mentioned, "I really like that." So put that in the memory bank, right? Okay, and then you know whatever. Anyway, point B. I don't know what my point is. Oh, I'm rambling. Anyway, uh, so I kept telling her, "Don't get me any." I'm, you know, I, I don't need anything for my birthday. We, you know, I'm good. I really don't. I have what? A, what? What are you going to get me? I have everything I want, and you know, and the things you do want are thousands of dollars that I don't want that people spending on me. So, um, well, obviously we don't have the money to do that. So it's just like, no, don't worry about it. But she did get to, to further the endeavor. Uh, she got me a, a new podcast. She bought me a new microphone for podcasting. And it's the one like that attaches to the deck with the, with the mobile arm thing and all that. And the, and the, with the, with the, what are the, what do they call it? A pop thing or whatever for the, the microphone cover and all that shit. I know Alec actually has one and I commented to him how much I liked it and whatever. And, and, uh, and I, because I just have a little, I have the snowball one. This sounds fine. I mean, whatever. I, I mean, I haven't, you know, it, it works and it's on a, it was on a tripod thing, but I broke the tripod and we were moving. So the thing is just sort of sitting here on, well, I shouldn't grab it because obviously, you know, <laughs> here, hold on here while I grab my microphone. Um, yeah, so it's kind of just sits on the desk and it works good and everything. It's fine. But I kind of said as I'm talking, so a lot of times, um, especially when I'm doing obviously solo episodes, as I sit in my computer chair, I like, sp- I kind of spin while I'm talking. I'm doing it right now, actually. Um, so like I kind of look out the window and then I go back away. So I, I said, I, I kind of want like a microphone that kind of goes over top that I sort of speak up into or whatever. I've kind of yapped with that for a while. So obviously she was paying attention, paying attention. And, uh, yeah, that's what she got me for my birthday along with a bag of gummy bears. So I keep saying gummy bears. There's actually Coke bottles, those little gummy Coke bottles, which are my absolute favorites. Um, yes. So that was my birthday gift from my wife, Lisa. So that was very nice. And, uh, yeah. And I'm heading over to my parents' house tonight. Um, yeah. So that, that's been my big, and I mowed the lawn this morning. I worked this morning, then mowed the lawn and ate McDonald's. Well, that's the thing. I went in this morning. My wife's like, you're not going into work this morning. Are you on your birthday? Oh Yeah. I said, you know, ah, there's an event going on. I got to talk to the organizer there. Plus, ah, whatever. I got some shit to do. But mainly, I want, because we live in a town just outside of Saskatoon, in Martinsville. It's like 15 minutes outside of Saskatoon. Um, so I got there early enough because I said, I want I want to go to Burger King because I want French toast sticks for my birthday. So that's, I got there early, talked to the organizer, cleaned up some shit. And I was at Burger King while well, they were still serving breakfast. Took me, took about friggin' 10 minutes to get my shit, but, uh, I got my French toast sticks and I was eating those on the drive home and, and, uh, yeah. And my Rockstar, uh, fruit punch. Pure zero. Yeah. Just, uh, the breakfast of champions. <laughs> and, uh, treat it like a temple, folks. And, uh, yeah. So that was my birthday breakfast and, uh, and now I'm talking to you, cats. Here on a Saturday afternoon. What an illustrious 47 years on this earth. 47 years. And where has it gotten me? Sitting in my basement. Yelling into a microphone. 
about the hockey's greatest fights of all time. That's what we're going to talk about today, folks. And what and the biggest Twitter tournament going. It's so big that I got copycats left and right. You know, and it's and it's funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll get into all that in a sec, but <clears throat> I know there's a few. And I will say this. I I mean, when it comes to the bracket, I mean, I've been doing it for six years now. Um, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that it was some original idea that no one had ever done before. Um, I will say this with a clear conscience. I have never, I up till then, or at that point, I had never seen it on Twitter. I'll say that. I'm not saying it hadn't been done because how long had Twitter been around before? When did Twitter start? I think 2011, 2012, something like that up there. Um, so I started this, uh, four, five. so 2016, I guess, would have been the first tournament. So there's a four-year, five-year span there on Twitter where someone may have done this. I never saw it or heard of it, so I don't. I can't say yes or no. Um, anyway. I mean, I mean, I've seen it for, oh, top 64 jerseys or top fast food places. I mean, I've seen, I mean, that's where I got the idea from. But to do, or the top best players in the world or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I had seen those types. I have seen, I saw that type of voting, but no one had done the fighters. So that's where I, and Taylor came in. Myself and Taylor decided to do that. So um, I, I'm assuming I was the first one to do an enforcer one on Twitter. Maybe not. <clears throat> or I maybe. To make it so public, we'll put it that way. It made it that big. Not that it was sweeping the nation, but I mean, although a few times um, over the years it has trended on Twitter and it was big. So, you know, um, at any rate, point I'm making. Um, since then, I have seen it. Other people try to do it. There's certain hockeyfight.com decided to, you know, my ex sponsors there. I'm not even going to get into those guys. I've noticed. To, you know, I I did notice as soon as the tournament was done this year, all of a sudden they're doing fantasy matchups. Somebody told me we blocked each other on Twitter a while back after I told them where to go. Um, you know, but don't worry, Dan. I'll keep coming up with some ideas for you to steal, um, as I told them. Um, you know, I mean, you've stole about half a dozen so far, so I'll keep going for you. Biggest fight site in the world. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait for Steve to start. I can't. I can't wait for Drop Your Gloves 2.0 to upload and hit the internet. The Fight Chronicles. I can't wait for that because and everybody get on board and let's make it bigger and better than all the other sites. It's not going to be hard to be the better. I can tell you. But yeah, uh, fantasy hockey fight matchups from HockeyFights.com. Malkin versus what? Anthony Mantha. That's your big. Oh, okay. That that's where we are, folks. Yeah. The league, the, yeah, the uh, industry leader at hockey fights. Who'd win? Anthony Mantha or Vani Malkin? Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, and then there was some Facebook group that I saw was, were they, what was their tournament? The 32 biggest badasses or something. I don't, you know, and whatever. It's, I don't care. I, I find it funny more than anything else, and I get it. That's cool. I mean, um, you know, I, like I've always said, and I, cause I had a few people bring it up to me and a couple, a couple guys are actually, oh, these fuckers are ripping you off and, eh, you know, whatever. Um, the hockeyfights.com thing irritated me cause those guys are such posers that, you know, and 
there was a long history there where way back when they wanted me to do the, the, when they were sponsoring me, I'm doing air quotes, when they wanted me to put the Bob Probert tournament on their website to get traffic to their website. And at that point I was already not digging the sponsorship with them because they weren't doing anything for me. So I was just like, nah, I'm going to keep it to myself and leave it on Twitter. And I don't think they like that very much. So when we kind of broke away, so this isn't working out, let's just go our separate ways and whatever. Um, all of a sudden they decided to come out with their own 64 man bracket and it was so fucking lame. Like, because again, they, I keep saying they don't have, no, they really don't like the one they're younger and whatever. And like, they don't think, I don't know. They don't know anything before 2010 and whatever. Go, go listen to the interview with McMor on McMorrow's show with the, you'll, you'll realize what I'm talking about. And it's not your fault for being young. I, I, hell, I wish I was younger, you know, but, um, at the same time, when you run the air quote biggest hockey fight site in the world, you should maybe have a clue. So that's just my opinion, but whatever. But hey, there's lots of people that have made lots of money without having a clue. So there you go. But anyway, to those that were kind of like telling me, oh, you, you know, does it bother me? No. Um, well, it bothers me when, when, Fight hockey fight stuff. It doesn't bother me. That's not the right word. I actually, I just find it more eye rolling than anything else. And I think people out there know. I mean, they know. You can't. I, I've always said with anything with this podcast or or the all that stuff. You you can't bullshit people. Not not these days. I mean, you might be able to get get away with it for a little while, but I think when it comes to stuff like that, I think people can see through it. And um, they know. And I mean, I've I've read the people that talk about hockeyfights.com. And, and this isn't some slam piece. Do I like them? No, I no, I don't like the way they do business. Um, I don't like how they treated not only me, but I don't like how they treated my friend William, who used to run the Biscuit Podcast. I don't like what they did to him, and just my conversations with with Dan. I, I don't like him, and I'm sure he doesn't like me. And it doesn't matter. I don't care, and I'm sure he doesn't give a shit either. But I I think they've destroyed the site, and the site's a fucking joke, and. And there we go. And that's that. And I mean, and they don't, they don't care. They, they don't care about my opinion, just like I don't care about theirs. So that's fine. You know, whatever. So that's that. They know. They know from our conversations and the people that are around, they know. That's all I, you know, whatever. So maybe someday I'm going to try to, I'm actually going to reach out and I'm going to get my old friend William from the old Biscuit podcast. I'm going to get him on the show and uh, we can reminisce about the good old days of uh of our just back in the simple days of podcasting when it was just him and I <laughs> back and forth on his show um but we can get into the whole um his adventures with those guys as well and John Scott and the rest of them and uh and the story there and like I said uh whatever I just don't like how they do business so but whatever let's move on what are we going to talk about today as I'm rambling here it happens when you get older folks <laughs> Well, the Bob, well, let's, the tournament. Let's get into it. Of course, it was the winner defeating Tony Twist in the final was Dave Brown, who has gone on to win. Uh, that's his back-to-back uh, -back wins, folks, um, for for Big Dave. Um, and 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 the fun thing was that was it was pretty cool. Um, Stu Grimson uh, had jumped in because it was actually Brown and Grimson in the semifinals, or no, it was. Uh, 
Mo, it was McSorley and Grimson in the semifinals. And, uh, and Stu goes, I don't want to say I'm looking past Marty, but I would sooner just not have to fight Dave in the fight. I would rather not fight Dave Brown again. And, um, which was, a, which was funny. But, uh, yeah, it, um, yeah, which, uh, led me to, as I'm talking to you, sorry for the mouse clicks and everything else, but I am going back. I have the results of all my old tournaments here. Um, like I said, Brown has won the last two, which has been funny though, because he's been in all six. So I am going to look up. Somebody had asked me where, where he did in other tournaments. So let's go find him. Yes. Yeah, so in the very first Bob Probert invitational, um, in the first round, he beat Peter Worrell and then lost to Dave Semenko in the second round. All right. So in the second annual one, where is he? Um, he fought Dave Schultz in the first round and won. Then he had Troy Crowder in the second round and he won. And then he lost to George LaRock in the third round. In the third annual one, where is he? There he is. He beat Matt Johnson in the first round, Bob Nystrom in the second round, and he lost to Derek Bugard in the third in the fourth annual one, uh, where, man, he beat, yeah, he beat George LaRock in the, that's a tough first round. He beat George LaRock in the first round, then Joey Koser in the second, then he beat Ben Wilson in the third, then he beat Craig Berube in the fourth, and he was in the final four, and he lost to Twist in the final four, which is interesting because he beat Twist this year. So it's interesting how the voting goes. And then, of course, the fifth and sixth. Who did he, he beat Joe Koser in the final last year. And what was his path last year? Uh, he beat Ferguson. Then he beat Terry O'Reilly. In the third round, he beat Kelly Chase. Uh, then he beat Tony Twist. Then he beat Brian McGratton in the final four. And then he beat Koser in the final last year. So, um, yeah, it was. Um, it's interesting how the voting goes, right? Um, you know, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting all confused here. This year he beat McSorley. I kept thinking he beat Twist in the, oh yeah, he beat Twist in the final. What am I talking about? Yeah, he beat McSorley in the final four. LaRock and Twist fought in the, uh, yeah, which actually is going to be a topic I'm going to talk about here in a second. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, that's, uh, that is, maybe at 47, do I just end up, I just end up being a rambling friggin' goof here? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I probably ramble most episodes anyway, but uh I want to thank I want to take the time out to um once again, I mean I did I did it the last few episodes, but now that it's over, but I want to thank everybody that took the time to uh comment and and vote on the tournament. Um they're always they're they're mostly funded. I was going to say they're always funded. They're mostly fun to do. Um got a little eye rolling this year at times. Well, they get eye rolling at times every year. Um, some years a little harder than others. Um, this year there was a few nights where I got irritated with it. Um, but overall it was fun. Um, uh, I always say with the, with the tournament, I, I, I enjoy, I, I do it for the 95%, not the 5% that are idiots. So, um, I will say with this year's tournament, um, I said a, a number of episodes now as I was doing the reviews of it, um, as each round went on, the voting was definitely down this year, which was kind of disappointing. Um, you know, 
Because th- th- there's been mo- most years the voting would be on a bad day, 400 and some. On a good day, it would be at around six. Um, this year, they didn't get a but They were in the, about the mid twos, mid 200 votes. A couple 300 days, but overall, yeah, about half. Which was kind of, like I said, kind of disappointing. But, so yeah, I mean, still a good turnout. I mean, you know... Um, you know, there was some comments, like guys would talk about the matchups and whatever. Um, same, you know, it was just kind of the same group of guys that talked about every fight. And I appreciate the guys for writing out their scenario. Oh, I think this guy would win because he's a left year. He'd grab on. And, you know, and, and it's always fun to read the, read the, the replies. And, and, um, and it was, a, it was a solid group of guys this year that were doing it. Um, I really wish more guys had chimed in. I really wished. More ex other than Grimson, um, I really wish some more ex players would have jumped in and commented. Um, they have in the past. There's been actually a few years there was there was quite a bit of uh, ex player uh, interaction. I really wish that had happened this year, but it didn't, um, which was disappointing. Um, I'm re- I really think on Twitter there's just a lot of people that have left um, the platform because um, they're just tired of it, and which I well believe me, I completely understand. Um, so. Um, other than that, I've said before, I would have, I think it would probably do better on Facebook at this point. Um, problem with Facebook, I've looked into it. I don't like how they do the voting polls on Facebook. I don't like how the, how it's set up and you can't really do graphics and stuff. And it kind of bugs me. Um, although other guys, I don't know. I've been looking at, it must be in my settings or something. I'm going to have to talk to somebody that's more. Maybe I'll get my wife down there. She's good. she's a Facebooker. Um, I'll have to um, I have to look into it because for some reason I can't get voting polls on my page. I don't know what's going on. It's probably in my settings somewhere. Um, but but yeah, I'm so I think I might do it on Facebook. I don't know. We'll see. I want the next one up. I want to do the minor league tournament. Um, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait a couple weeks after this. I'll probably do the minor league tournament in October. Um, you know, just give everybody time to whatever. I know there's been, oh, you should do a middleweight tournament. You should do a lightweight tournament. Do a power forward. Do, you know, and I, as the year, as the month or as the year goes on, um, I'm gonna bring those back. I have done power forward tournament, the Gordy Hub Classic and Eddie Shore, it opened for a defenseman. So I've done those tournaments before. Um, I haven't done them for a couple of years. Um, I will bring, I am going to bring them back. Um, I, I, again, I'm, I, I keep saying this, it's probably big, big dreams, but we'll see. But I, I, I kind of want to interact with my YouTube channel as well and kind of have some promo videos and kind of, I think that would probably spark up some little more interest. Um, that's the goal anyway. Again, where does one find time to do all this? I don't know. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, like I said, it's, it's kind of big goals. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to do that. But, uh, at any rate, Dave Brown, uh, the winner, um, again, thank everybody who, who chimed in. Um, again, for those, um, that decided to bitch and complain that so-and-so wasn't in, oh, I don't see Dave Richter. Okay. Yeah, you don't. I told them, yeah, no need for an optometrist. Your eyes are working. You know, oh, what? You know, it's just Wino Oris Kinderchuck. Why? What was the other one? Like with Terry Karkner or something. Like, why isn't he in it? I'm like, does it matter? 
You know, like was they, were they going to win? No. So I mean, not knocking Terry Carter. I love Terry Carter. I'm not knocking any of those guys, but or, yeah, where's Darren McCarty? Well, what about him? Like, was Darren McCarty going to win the tournament? No. I like Darren McCarty, but so what? Like I said, I could make a 136-man bracket and someone's going to still complain that someone's not in. So you can't win. Darren McCarty has been in it before. Terry Karkner has been in it before. I mean, you know, um, Oris Kinderchuk. I mean, I know enough from doing these. The majority of people voting don't know who he is. I'm sorry. That's just, I wish they did. But how many of his fights are out there for people? I don't know who that is. I'll go to YouTube to investigate. They can't even look up, you know, they can't even look him up. Now, in saying that, yes, I know I had John Ferguson in the tournament. You know, I I do like to throw some older guys in there as a tribute hat tip to them. You know, he was the original enforcer. I like to have those guys in. Is Ferg? I don't think Ferguson's ever gotten out of the first round. You know, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, I just want to have him in there as to have him in there. You know, it was like McElhargy. I knew McElhargy wasn't going to get out of the first or second round. But that's not the point. I put him in there because he passed away. I wanted to have him in there as a tribute just to, for at any rate, have people talk about him. And if someone didn't know who he was, they would go. Because I know some people, they take this voting seriously. Not serious like they're throwing things that their guy doesn't Well, Some people, the way they act, I think they do throw things around when their guy doesn't win. But, like, they're just curious. I've had people tell me, well, I've gone on YouTube, and I have i don't know who that guy is, so I went and looked him up. You know, and, and that's the point of having, that's the whole point of this tournament. Is to, I've always said, is to get, for the 10 days that the tournament goes, is that for, because, I mean, all year we're inundated with Mitch Marner and our t- the tough guy, Reeves and Wilson, and these are our, I mean, that's all we're inundated with is today's guys. When was the last time anybody was talking about Crowder or Paul Laws or Larry Playfair? It doesn't happen very often. So that's what I said with these tournaments. that It's to get people at least for two weeks to talk about these guys for a while. Same thing with McElhargy. Yes, he passed away, but I hope some maybe some younger voters... Or followers of the page would be like, well, if he's in the tournament, he must be tough. I should go look him up. Granted, there's not a lot of McLarkey fights on there, but there's some good ones. And they would look at them. And now they've been exposed to Jack McLarkey. And that is the point of the tournament. And in fact, I will say this, and I forget how young these guys are. I interviewed Harrison Harper last night. Uh, he's been on the show before, but he finished last year. He played in the Southern Professional League with the Fayetteville Marksman. And basically, but it's a really good interview. You guys are actually really going to like it. Uh, Harrison also has his own, uh, podcast called The Project. Um, and I'll get to where, I'll get that at the end. But, um, anyway, he's a young, he's 20, what is he, 27 or whatever? He's a young guy. I forget how young these guys are. He didn't know who Dave Brown was. I mean, he had heard the name. But I mean, Dave Brown was retired and out of hockey before he was, basically before Harrison was born. Or before he, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying, right? So, why would he know who Dave Brown is? Now, when he said it to me, I'm like, what? You know what he mean? But then I'm getting to think, oh yeah, you know, I get it, you know. But, he said, from doing this tournament and hearing me talk about him and Alec and, and the different fight guys... He's gone down the Dave Brown rabbit hole on YouTube. He's like, yeah, he's a bad motherfucker, man. I'm like, yeah, I know. You know, so, and so he got to watch those fights. 
Right there. That is the whole point of this tournament. So to answer the one guy in the fate, why are we even, why are we even doing this? Was this thing, we, like I said, what, everyone's French all of a sudden? Um, no, that is why I do this stuff. Like I said, I don't care who wins. I don't give a shit. I don't, anybody can win this. Doesn't matter to me. That's not why I'm doing it. It, it, one, it's to promote these guys and get people talking about it. Two, I'm, to be, I'll be transparent and I'm not going to lie. It's to promote my channel. And, and oh, uh, this guy's doing this tournament. Oh, look, he's got lots of pictures up. I like this guy and they get followers. That's initially why I did it. Six years ago on Twitter was to get followers. More followers means potentially more listeners to a podcast. It's a form of advertising. That's why I do this stuff. You know, there's lots of reasons why I do it. That's one of them. I'm not going to lie. Of course, it's to pump my it's to pump my own tires and get some views. So, yeah, that's why I do this shit as well. Plus, I enjoy, not only as it's gone on with these tournaments, I like doing the uh, preview shows. I like getting Alec and Jay on to do a preview show. Or the last one was Steve and Dante. So I do enjoy the uh, the preview shows for sure. So, um, but yeah, anyway, uh, like I said, for the most part, it, they're always enjoyable. Um, you know, uh, the why is it so and so? And that gets a little old. Actually, that gets that gets old fast. Um, the only other thing that, um, and, and I guess this is my own kind of little personal issue, but. Um, I've never been a fan of exaggeration in any sense when people are, you know, um, so I don't, I don't know what I would read. Oh, so-and-so would end him. It's like, oh, no, you know, why can't you just, uh, I mean, I know I've brought this up a thousand times, so whatever, but I laughed when it was LaRock and Twist in the, in the, in the semifinal. Uh, a bunch of people were like, oh, Twist wouldn't stand a chance against LaRock. LaRock would end him, all this stuff. And it's like, well, you know Twist beat him when they fought in real life. Like, yeah, but. Like, the one guy's arguing with me. Yeah, but, and this and that. And I'm like, well, yeah. I, I, now, in a series of fights, I would pick LaRock. You know, but your statement was LaRock would, would end him. Well, where, from how, what are you basing that on? Oh, he beat him 10, or where, or he goes, he, LaRock would beat him 9 out of 10 times. And I said, well, the one being in real life would twist, beat him, I guess. That's the one, you know. Oh, yeah, but this, or he's, he was a rookie, or yeah, but his jersey came off, but yeah, but this. and yeah, Well, you could say whatever you want. It happened, twist beat him. So, that's that. You know, now, do I think that happens every time they fight? No. In fact, like I said, I would have LaRock in a series. I would pick George over Tony. But, again, how you could sit there and simply, well, LaRock's way better. It would destroy him. Well, again, based on what? He didn't. So, just just stuff like that it's got, just gets old to read after a while. Um, you know, um there was a couple, the one particular Facebook group was just annoying as shit. And it was just like, well, I talked about the last episode, I think it's every guy in the 70s would win and this and that. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I 
the whole thing comes down to me. It's like I told the one guy that was, well, where's Dave Richter or whatever the fuck. Oh, Everett Santa Pass. That was another one. That was a good one. I brought that up last episode, but that cracked me up. I never thought I would hear, where's Everett Santa Pass? And I like Everett Santa Pass, but you know, I, I can honestly say I, it's never crossed my mind to put him in the, in the tournament. Um, but okay. Uh, but like I said to the one guy, why do some people feel the need to focus on who's not in it? Why don't you focus who's in it? Really? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get it. I, it's just, you dwell on who's not, like, oh, my fa- your favoriteist isn't in it. And so the, it's not worth anything. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. It's, I, don't, I don't get it. What, what, why are you focusing on what's not there? Why don't you just focus on the 64 that are in it? And like I said, it's not like there's some egregious uh, miss. Like, it wasn't that I didn't have, uh, like, like, Craig Berube's not in it, or a Bugard or something. Like, who, like I said, the names that you throw at me that aren't in it, again, it's not a slight to those guys, but those guys aren't getting out of the second round at best. So does it really matter? Like, they're just interchangeable with other people. So maybe next year I'll put them in, but it's like, like I said, I don't understand. I, I guess that's just, I, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here as with the microphone on, I guess, but I just don't understand why. <laughs> like, you know, anyway, I've harped long enough about the Bob Probert Invitational. Again, thank you for everybody who voted and uh, we will move on. Another one is in the books for the year. Hey guys, just taking a little break here. Uh, just a short pause. Got to do a sponsor read here. You know, we've got to keep the lights on, right? We have, of course, DraftKings and then our newest sponsor here at the network, Raycon. Thanks, guys. The NFL's opening week was action-packed and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks on my commute to work, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I've been using the Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge. Trust me. Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Noise isolation. Awareness mode. You know, yeah, and when I get to work, I got them in. I'm in and out of the truck all the time. They work great. They don't move. The sound is excellent. Can't beat it. So go to buyraycon.com today and use the promo code THPN15. To get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. One last time, 
That's buyraycon.com, code THPN15. Well, another thing, well, and I should have actually, that's actually rude of me. I should have led with this. Um, we have another signing, and it's another Ice Wars competitor, and another former fourth line voice guest. Travis Check has been signed by the Danbury Hattricks of the Federal Hockey League. Uh, Danbury is loading up, guys. Um, I mean, every, every week it seems I'm talking about it. So they have signed Daniel Amesbury, uh, Justice Smoke, Cole Johnson, and now Travis Check. So they have four guys, uh, from Ice Wars in their, um, on their team this year. Well, coming to camp anyway. I guess we should say that. Um, you know, there's, I guess there's no guarantee that people are making the team. I don't think, uh, I don't know. I'm, or really if they sign con, I guess they have if they're signing contracts. But, um, yeah, so for, like I said, I mean, I said, what's the team slogan this year? Fuck the puck. Is that the new slogan in Danbury? Um, that's a lot of cement. I'm telling you. And, um, I'll tell you, I, like, I'm not, I'm not going to profess to be some federal hockey league expert because I'm certainly not. Um, I don't know what the other teams are doing. I know Justin Schmidt has re-signed in Columbus. Um, but outside of that, I know there's already obviously some guys that will fight that are in the league still, but some of those teams better pull up their socks here and start getting guys because I, at, at any rate, Danbury's coming, coming for, uh, coming for blood. And, uh, it, it, the federal league could be an interesting little league this year. And, uh, for anybody, I had that question and, and somebody told me all the games from the federal hockey league are on YouTube. They live stream them on YouTube. So, uh, like I said, I will be down in my big chair downstairs with the smart TV on. And I think there'll be, uh, a few Danbury Hattrick games getting played down there. So I'm really looking forward to this. And, um, like I said, I have to be, I'll be completely honest. Um, for two, what was this episode? Two, for, for 243 episodes, I've yelled at the clouds about how shitty hockey is now. And I don't watch and it's pussy and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I've said this a couple times, the East Coast League, that, um, it's been cool to see that little kind of resurgence, um, with some of the guys that are in the league. Now, is it 1995? No. Um, it is, you know, it's going to be what it is, but for 2022, 2023, um, hockey, I mean, the NHL ain't going to give it to you. I can tell you that there is nothing going on in that league. Like I said, you have maybe four or five guys. You'll have teams with single-digit fight totals. I mean, if you want to watch that shit, knock yourself out. But um, that's not what I'm talking about. The American League, I'm, re- I'm really happy Brett Galanta signed. I hope Alex resigns. And there's a few tough guys in that league, without a doubt. But, I mean, I don't know. Are they really, you know, uh, banging in the American League? Not that I remember. Not that I could think, see. Um, to me, it was the East Coast League is kind of uh, going to be where it's at this year. And... Um, and the Federal League here is making some noise, um, signing all these Ice War guys and, and, and stuff like that. The LNAH, um, Swanson, of course, is back. LaFrance has re-signed. There's been a bunch of uh, Gabby Rocks re-signed. Uh, they're bringing back the, you know, whatever. They're bringing back the oldies but the goodies. Donnie Augustine, who I'm hoping to get on the show here. Um, he's coming out of retirement to come back. Again, I've, I've mentioned this a bunch of times with the LNH. They've kind of really ha- hamstrung themselves a little bit with either had to be in Quebec Junior League or be from Quebec to play in that league or grandfathered in. So that's why you're getting a lot of the older guys coming back because where else are they going to find them? The Quebec Junior League has like a three-fight limit. Actually, it might be one fight now. So it's like, 
no one tough is coming out of that league. So I, where the LNH thinks they're going to get their tough guys from. So yeah, you have to start signing these older players. You know, so, but at any rate, uh, the LNH teams have been bulking up. Um, so the lower leagues, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure about the Southern Pro League. I'm sure there's a few guys in that league as well. But um, the East Coast League and the Federal League and the LNAH um, has really got me excited. Um, you know, again, is it 1991? Are we going to be doing in goon drafts or anything? No. But, um, you know, for this old bitter fuck, I got to say, um, I can't, uh, you know, like I mean, you can't, you can't yell and, and yell at the clouds. And then when they, when teams start signing guys, you know, uh, shit on it. I, you know, you got to be, you got to be fair. And Danbury's gone out and signed four tough guys from, and I, and Ice Wars has really sparked something, I think. I really believe it has. And, um, yeah, and the East Coast League, there's just a, it's just kind of a, a good solid core there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the throwers, McNelly, uh, Newber, Travis Howell, uh, you know, Blatchman, those guys, I mean, Klotz. I mean, I can't, I, I'm not going to shit on these guys. I like those guys. And I mean, I think there's going to be a little bit of excitement in the East Coast League. And, and like I said, I know there's a lot of bitter people towards hockey. I'm one of them. Believe me, I'm like a ringleader in that sense. But, you know, I have to also, um, praise it when these teams go out and get the guys. And, uh, I, I'm for the first time in a long time. We're really interested at the beginning of the year to see how the how how the kids do. They're yeah, they're young to me, you know. Everyone's young to me nowadays, but um, you know, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So, and I and I hope uh, you know you guys, the listeners, take some time out to uh, you know check the guys out. I mean, I know there's a lot. I have a lot of guys that are much like myself have given up on it and. We, we live, whatever you want to call it, we live in hockey's past in terms of the fights and everything else. But, you know, um, you know, I, the young guys, I think you, you got to give them a chance a little bit. And uh, like I said, with the East Coast League stuff, you can check out Alex's page because he'll be uploading that stuff. And, um, you know, and I, I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, Jay out in Finland there, he'll, he'll and, uh, and Paul, um, you know, they, they got the, they're, they're watching the federal league. They're going to get that stuff out there. So, um, yeah, I, and I'm really, and again, with the Quebec stuff, it's the, I mean, that's the one thing we live in an age now with, um, that all that stuff will be available out there and people will be able to see it through TV and, um, you know, the games on online and that type of thing. So, um, we get to see all that stuff and I, and I'm really looking forward to the start of this year. I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun and, uh, yeah, it's going to be cool. But yeah, Travis Check to the Danbury Hattricks. And uh, I know he's looking forward to it. He said his hand's mending really well and because uh, he had broken, of course, in Ice Wars. Uh, but he is on the rebound and, uh, you know, and, and he's a solid player too. Uh, you know, he likes to hit, get in there and play. And, you know, he's not just, you know, uh, I know he's looking to be more than just a, uh, you know, a, a two-shift fight guy. Um, he wants to get involved. And, and he was a solid junior player. So, you know, and it's been a while for him. I mean, he's been playing senior, but, um, you know, it, it'll be a step up, obviously, to pro, but, um, you know, uh, he's, he's training, he's in shape, and uh, and, I, and I'm looking, and good luck to you, Travis. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do. It's going to be a lot of fun. But, um, 
yeah, guys, in other news here, well, not news, but uh, the last two things I'm going to talk about here. One, it's kind of a little Quebec Nordique, little fun little history between the Nordiques, uh, oh, uh, I guess their, their, their rivalry, their grudge with the Montreal Canadiens, of course, the Battle of Quebec, right? Um, well, when the Quebec Nordiques wanted to come from the WHA into the NHL, Montreal was not happy about this. And um, um, well, I'm going to do that. And then I got a, Tim, I got a list. I got a list for Tim. It is a top 10 all-time NHL fights. So this is going to be an interesting list. So I got that too coming up. So I'll do that. But we'll do, I gotta read this little deal here first with Quebec, and, uh, I'll, I'll run this one by you. But, um, yes, the Montreal Canadiens and, of course, the Quebec Nordiques have always been the, 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 you know, the, like I said, the Battle of Quebec, right? So, um, this was sort of a, a rivalry built. Um, oh, now, here, where, where did I, where's the damn article? Um, here, a rivalry born from beer. I, got, I kind of just read this little thing and it kind of cracked me up. So <clears throat> here we go. Between 1977-79, discussions began in earnest to merge the NHL and WHA. And the Rodiques were one of the main teams involved based on their success. They were obviously one of the strongest and most supported teams in the league. So it makes sense for NHL expansion to include Quebec. However, Sam Pollock, the highly successful general manager of the Montreal Canadiens at the time, wasn't too keen on the idea of bringing the Nordiques into the NHL, as Jean Beliveau explained in his book, My Life in Hockey. The province of Quebec was exclusively Montreal Canadiens territory up to that point. The Canadiens were the cream of the crop in Quebec, and the rest of the NHL for that matter, and the last thing Pollock wanted was to share the revenue. A little competition was not what he had in mind. But that wasn't the only issue. In 1976, the O'Keefe Brewing Company became the majority shareholders of the Quebec Nordiques, ensuring the team a strong financial backing, especially for improvements that would have made the low-capacity Le Colisée, the Nordiques' home arena. While this was good for Quebec City's NHL bid, the Canadians were not happy because that happened to, because they happened to be owned by O'Keefe's rival, Molson Brewery. So the last thing they wanted was another beer stomping on their turf. So the Canadians opposed the Nordiques' entrance into the NHL, denying them the bid. The Nordiques considered Montreal's petty veto as a direct insult, and in turn, an anti-Canadian sentiment spread from the province to the rest of Canada. Molson products were threatened to be boycotted by all fans across Canada in solidarity with the Nordiques. Fans in Edmonton and Winnipeg, whose teams were also entering the NHL from the WHA, planned a beer strike against Molson Breweries because of the veto. For Molson, it was a public relations nightmare, and it didn't take long before the Canadians were forced to change their veto to yes. Thus, for the 79-80 season, a new NHL franchise and a rivalry was born. After the ordeal, beer wasn't the only thing leaving a bad taste in the mouths of the two clubs. It was only a matter of time before things got really ugly between the provincial neighbours. Um, there you go. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. It's funny how behind the scenes, um, the, the, these things, you know, you don't think, you just think Montreal, Quebec, and you're thinking of the GMs and the players and everything. All of a sudden you got beer companies, sponsors, uh, battling with each other. So yeah, could you, uh, again, this is the late seventies. So I was a little, I was around, but I was only four and five. So I don't remember that, but, um, yeah, that, that's, uh. I don't know, I just saw that, I, I just found it interesting that O'Keefe and uh, Molson Breweries were uh, were battling. But yeah, well, it's interesting, Montreal, um, 
I would assume Molson still sponsors. I mean, I don't know. I would assume Molson still sponsors Montreal, which would explain. <laughs> yeah, certainly no money problems there. Um, yeah, but there we go. I just thought I would share that. I, just, I thought I found it an interesting little story, a little NHL history there for you folks. But uh, for the final segment of today's episode, uh, let's get to a list. Folks like the lists. I like the lists. I want to thank the thank the boys that send me the list. Um, yeah, I think the, these are always fun to go through. Um, as I know, I always say this every time, but I don't read the lists beforehand. I want to discover them as long as, as along with you listeners. And um, yeah, so let's. I'm clicking on this. We'll open it up here, and uh, the top ten NHL fights. What's from RookieRoad.com. I don't know what that is, but all right. <clears throat> well, I'll take a drink here. <clears throat> I'm on the edge of my seat here. I want to know what the NHL's top 10 NHL fights of all time are. All right, let's get into this. Number 10. Bob Probert versus Ty Domi. Bob Probert, the Detroit Red and Ty Domi, the Rangers, a long-standing rivalry. Both players notorious for their fighting skills. Both were on a mission to prove who the better fighter was. While the two players fought a total of nine times in their career, the first fight between the two was one of the most brutal fights between the two star players. The fight lasted over 45 seconds with players continuously throwing close punches to each other. Domi put up a fight and practically removed the jersey of Probert. However, did not stop Probert from retaliating with some forceful punches. In the end, Domi would win the fight as the referee would jump in to save a hurt Probert. Domi, visibly happy that he had won the fight, would go on to gesture to the crowd and celebrate his win. Um, all right. I, okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree that the, the fight, okay, I mean, um, yeah, it was a great, it was a great fight. Um, I, the, the theater of it, of course, with Probert, it's not, I would think as this list goes on, Probert should probably be on here a bunch of times. Um, cause he always seemed to have like real, um, spotlight fights really like they became sort of the game became a secondary thing to a like it was almost like a title fight in boxing um so i don't know about this write-up about four, i just laughed forceful punches and i hurt prover well her prover wasn't hurt he was cut but he wasn't hurt um but okay but i agree with it being on the list um uh, number nine <laughs> uh all right boris Balavic. That's Valabic, but B-A-L-A-V-I-K is how they got it spelled. I don't know where, where they got that. Boris Balavic versus Rick Rippon. Uh, it is commonly known that Canucks player Rick Rippon will always be willing to fight an opponent no matter the size. The fight between Rippon and Atlanta Thrashers Balavic <laughs> exemplified just that in 2009. The fight started the Thrasher player tripped the Canuck. While the two were not involved, it was clear that the fight stemmed from Rippon wanting to solve this wrongdoing between the two teams. Rippon had a strong advantage during the start of the fight as he pressed Valabic up against the boards. Eventually, the fight made its way to the middle of the ice. Rippon, still having the advantage, uh, continued to throw punches until referees determined the fight was over and Valabic fell to the ice. It was clear that Rippon won the fight. Um... And it is not surprising considering the enormous size difference between the two skaters. Well, see, I don't, yeah, but Valabic was the, was the big one, not Rippin. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know what, I think there, did you watch the fight on mute and you didn't know who was who? Um, I, I don't know why this fight is on the list. Uh, I like the fight. Um, I will say with that fight, 
um, you really see Rippin um, use his style. Um, I, I would encourage people listening, go go to YouTube and look it up. Because Velebic is like 6'7 or something and Rippin's you know, whatever, 5'10". Uh, but you will see Rippin, he puts his arm up on the side. You'll see what I mean. Like a, like he blocks the punches. It's like a, it's almost like a it's like a real boxing MMA type move. And I, I've never seen... I don't, I don't remember someone doing it. I mean, they might have done it once or twice, but I, like Rippin, it's like in his routine as a, as a fighter. He, he, he does it constantly. Um, and it's really interesting and very effective. And, uh, you'll see in this fight, um, you can just see how his style and, and, uh, he just sort of takes the fight over. And it, and it is, you know, David versus Goliath to, you know, to use a tired cliche, but, um, yeah, and Rippin kind of takes it to him. Um, you know, is it a top 10 all-time NHL fight? Well, no. But um, I enjoyed the fight. Not that because Rippin won and fucked Belabic or anything. It's nothing like that. But I just like how it really kind of... Um, it's Like I always said with fighting, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's two guys and they're throwing punches and, you know, see his face, hit it kind of thing. I get it. But I've also... I enjoy the science of the fighting and listening to guys break it down. I, I've said on this show many times, but I've always enjoyed when I when I talk to Dean Mayrad about the science of the fighting because he's he's a boxing coach now, so he's really obviously that's his thing, right? But he, when I've had him on the show, we've often openly discussed the the fighting in hockey, and when I was at Ice Wars with him, he talked about a few just techniques and stuff like that, and um, you know, and I listened to him and Swanson talk about it as well, with especially with their fight in the Quebec League, how it was like lefts and the, how he wanted to reach over top. And, and it was just, it was, it's two guys talking about their craft and, and, it, and it's fun to listen to, to be the fly on the wall, to listen to that. And, uh, I'm always fascinated by that type, the, the inside of it and what goes through guys' heads and where to grab and what they like to do. And I mean, long-term listeners of the show, obviously when you listen to my player interviews, you, I've, I asked that question of a lot of guys, right? What their, what their thinking was behind fighting and where they like to grab and what they like to do and, you know, be the guy to come to the guy or have them come to you and counter punch. And I, I don't know. I, that's the fight nerd in me. I, I enjoy that type of discussion. And, um, and, and I, I find Rick Rippin, his fight style fascinating, you know, for his size and the technique he had. And, you know, obviously we don't have to get the tragedy of what happened and, and it's really sad, but I would have loved to have sat down with Rick Rippin sometime and just discuss like where he came up with that idea. And, Cause obviously, you know, you get it from someone, right? Or who, you know, how did you develop that? And yeah, fascinating. But if you watch that fight, um, you'll see what I'm talking about with the way he blocks punches. Go check it out. As you're listening to this, go to YouTube and um, and check it out. You'll see what I mean. Uh, we're at number eight. <clears throat> Aaron Downey versus, versus Jesse Bullaries. Um, one of the most well-known knockouts in hockey between Downey of the Dallas Stars, Bullaries, the Hurricanes, and 03 regular season. Early in the first period, both players knew the fight was coming. They stood face-to-face with their hands square. Both players were clearly waiting on the other to throw the first punch. The first punch was eventually thrown by Bullerice, who missed Downey entirely. And it didn't take long to Downey to retaliate. He threw one hard punch to Bullerice's face, quickly knocking him to the ice and ending the fight. While the fight ended quickly, the speed and strength of Downey was impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it pro- this probably actually is one of the more well-known knockouts in, in hockey fights. Um, and, 
And like I said, it was really unique because it was almost like a boxing or an MMA type knockout because most hockey fights, obviously they grab and clinch and there's wrestling and, and then from there there's a knockout. But this, they didn't even, they weren't even grabbing each other. It was like he swung, missed, and then down he didn't grab him. He just threw the punch and dropped him. I mean, everyone, as I'm talking, I'm sure everyone listening to this is like, yeah, I know. We've seen the fight a thousand times. If you have not, again, go look it up. It's in, um, it is a good fight. Actually, I believe Bullerice got Downey back the following year. I think he dropped Downey, actually. Um, but yeah, two tough dudes. Um, I'm a big Aaron. To be completely honest, I, um, I have not done a real big deep dive into Bullerice's fights. Um, but Downey, I've been a fan of. I remember getting an assorted AHL uh, tape, and he was on there with Providence. And, of course, he had like 400 minutes of Providence that year. And there was a lot of Downey fights on there. And I just really liked him because he's kind of an undersized guy. I think he's about six feet. But uh, I just kind of, I don't know what it was about him, but I liked him. And uh, I've had a few guys tell stories. I'm, I'm working on getting Downey on the show, actually. I hope it works out. Um, after my last guest, Corey Allen, who was in Ice Wars, um, was trained by Aaron Downey, helped train him for Ice Wars because uh, they're friends and they're all both out in Ontario. And uh, I kind of gave Alan the, hey, yeah, could you get Downey to maybe come on the show? And um, I have his number anyway, so hopefully we'll see. Uh, but regardless, I'm a big Aaron Downey fan. fan. And uh, can, can you guys hear the motorcycle in the background as I'm talking? My neighbor is like revving up his Harley out there. I hope you guys, I hope it's not too distracting. I know this microphone picks up a lot. So, okay, I just hit pause there for a second. He's driving away. Okay. Sorry if you could hear that. Um, all right. Uh, number seven. Stan Jonathan versus Pierre Bouchard. Yeah, all right. Well, the fights in National Hockey are always exhilarating to watch as a fan. More exciting during the playoffs. And, uh, Stanley Cup 78 Bruins player Jonathan Montreal player Bouchard fought tirelessly in the fourth game of the 78 final. Bouchard had lots of leverage over the Canadians player. Bouchard had lots of leverage over the Canadians player. Well, it should be the Bruins player, but okay. Being 6'2 compared to Jonathan, who was only 5'8. The fight began when Bouchard shoved Jonathan. They were making their way to the puck when quickly sprawled out to an all-out brawl on the ice. However, the fight proved the size is not always everything. Jonathan was relentless, breaking Bouchard's nose and cheekbone during their iconic fight with two referees to get Jonathan off Bouchard, who was face down the ice, bleeding from the nose. Both players were still fired up after the fight, tried to exchange words with each other from across the rink. Um, yeah, again, infamous fight. Um, again, with the playoffs, probably made it more high profile. And, of course, Bouchard bleeding for as much as he did. Um, he was doing very good in the fight until Jonathan switched hands through the left. Um, yeah, I mean, again, from the theater of it, uh, absolutely. Um, it is definitely, um, in terms of fight fans, the fight will go down in history. Um, again, two iconic teams, the Bruins and the Canadians. Um, I, I mean, it's one of those things, if we're doing well, top 10 all-time NHL fights, okay, well, what's your, what are your guidelines? What's the, what's the premise that you're working under? Like, is it the most exciting, most punches, KOs, iconic theater of it? you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, there's a number of factors that go involved. I mean, and everyone's, you know, and everyone's personal tastes are different as well. So, um, like going, I haven't checked out the rest of the list, but I mean, I would, the way it's been, this has been written and talked about, although the, well, I don't know what the ripping one, but I get the other fights so far that have been in this. Okay. Um, but I'm willing to bet like Charlie McGuire isn't in this or anything. And, and to me, that's one of my most, that's one of my most favorite NHL fights. Just because of the, just the toe-to-toe nature of it and stuff like that. 
Um, you know, and there's, I mean, I'm sure, you know, McCray and Raglan or Thornton and Diddick. I'm like, I'm pretty well guaranteeing these, those fights probably are not on this list because those are sort of like, you know, they're not between real, no, no offense to the guys, but not real high profile guys or in high profile situations. And, you know, so they kind of get, you know, whatever, but, um, but in terms of like excitement or when you show someone the fight, they're holy shit, you know, that was awesome. Um, those are probably more exciting than Valabic and Rippenord, you know, so, you know, like I said, everyone's ideas are different of what makes a great fight, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, other than this, I mean, this list isn't completely, I'm not laughing this list out of the building, I mean, you know, this hasn't been bad, I get it, so, um, I always say with the list, right, you always kind of hope they're kind of shitty because it's funnier that way, but, uh, you know, but so far, eh, all right, um, number six, <laughs> Jay Beagle versus Aaron Asham. All right, fight between Beagle and Washington and Asham with Penguins was quicker than your average fight after Beagle knocked the helmet off a Penguins player. Asham started the fight with Beagle to rectify the wrong to his teammate. However, the fight ended quickly when Asham threw a couple blows on Beagle's head. And Beagle was left bleeding and unconscious on the ice as the referees rushed to his aid. Immediately after the fight, Asham made a mocking gesture with his hands on the way to the penalty box, angering some Capitals players and fans. Uh... Ash would go on to apologize immediately after the game for the gestures, realizing, despite being knocked, uh, reali- realizing his unsportsmanlike conduct, despite being knocked unconscious, Beagle experienced no signs of concussion. Played the team practices uh, in the days following the game. Um, yeah, I mean, again, yeah, it was a big knockout. Um, would I put it up? No, not a top ten thing. I mean, I like. I, I'm a big fan of Aaron Ash. I've been a big fan of his since his Red Deer days in the Western Hockey League. Um, I guess, I mean, it, I don't know why he'd apologize for whatever. You know, I was, don't like to do something about it, but, you know, whatever. Um, I get, I don't know. I get, I guess that's, that's the asshole in me. I, whatever. I mean, it wasn't like I said, it wasn't like Asham went out seeking Jay Beagle to fight. Beagle started some shit and Asham ended it. Well, then don't start shit. Um, although fast forward how many years later Beagle's pumping that Anaheim kid last year for being a goof. So, um, and I was completely on team Beagle for that. So yeah, it's funny how it goes. Um, yeah, that was a big knockout from Asham. Asham's a tough dude, man. And he could throw and he's like, he's not a big dude, but he'll fight anybody. And yeah, I'm a huge Aaron Asham fan. Um, again, would I put that as the sixth greatest fight? No, but you know, okay, sure. I was going to say, it's not all new stuff because they had Jonathan Bouchard on here. So they've done a little bit of research or at least, different year decades but uh yeah number five uh, okay <laughs> david kochi versus zadano chara oh of course we gotta have a chara fight right uh kochi and chara is a fight to be recognized for its legendary matchup between two play two star players well we're getting a little loose with the term star well not for chara he's the hall of famer but kochi yeah okay Chara, the Bruins coach of the Hawks. Chara has leveraged over Kochi as he had 1,300 penalty minutes in 2007 season while Kochi had just 461. I don't know what that has anything to do with anything. However, during this fight, both players were throwing hard punches at each other. Eventually, Chara would catch Kochi square in the face, drawing blood and alerting the referees it was time to jump in and end the fight. Chara was visibly angry and needed to be held back by the refs as Kochi made his way off the ice. Uh, while many say that was Chara won the fight, anyone can agree both players put up a fight. Um, yeah, and I mean, and this is the fight that the Chara supporters love to point out where they, oh, Chara's a top 10 guy, or, 
oh, he's a all timer or whatever. And I've got, I'm not going to break. I've gone down that rabbit hole that with Chara being overhyped. Um, I will say I, a footnote to this Kochi fight. Kochi fought was start was there. Had a broken nose going into this fight. Um, so the fact that he stood in there with Chara and Chara did land big shots without a doubt. So did Kochi. Uh, but the fact you're even fighting Zidane Chara with a busted nose says something. I'll give him full marks. Guy, Coach, he had balls, man. I always say that. Like, he was a big dude, tough guy. Um, had some great fights with McGratton in the American League. Um, but, he, I mean, he took some lumpings and whatever. But, I mean, wasn't he, he, you know, his fight card was good. Didn't back down. You know, whatever. But I know, like I said, the Chara lovers always like to point this out. Somehow, busting up Coach, he puts Chara as an all-time fighter. Um, you know. No, I, I've, I will, I will say this once. I'm sure I'll say it a million more times in these shows, but I've always said, what true heavyweight did Chara ever beat? You come up with that, you know, and I mean, I know you'll show me a couple, all of this and that. Well, you had LaRock and John Scott openly laughing at Chara on their Scott's podcast. And I, I broke down Chara's fights. I went, I, I always do the research. I don't, I'm just howling at the moon. I looked up, I went to Chara's fight card, I looked at all the heavyweights that he fought, and then I went onto YouTube, and I broke those fights down, I don't know what episode it was, probably a hundred episodes ago, but I broke down all of Chara's heavyweight matchups, and the moment any of those, every time, I'm not, again, I, I was saying earlier about how I hate exaggeration, I'm not exaggerating, the moment anybody started offense, Chara would go, would air quote slip or pull them down now again for the people out there that are rolling their eyes you're just a chara hater and whatever i'm not i'm i'm indifferent i don't care i'm just saying them's the facts and you go to youtube look up every fight he had with george larock look up all the fights he with anybody go watch and you'll be like yeah you know what darren you ain't lying and i'm not he pulls the shoot in every one of them. Every one of them. The only fight where I'm like, he probably beats a heavyweight is the Karens fight. And even then he kind of jumps him. Not, that's not true. He didn't jump him. Well, he got the jump on him. Um, and then as soon as Karen starts offense, Chara goes down. Every time. So, you don't believe me? Like I said, go to, everything's on YouTube. Uh, so it's not like I'm just, oh, this one time back in Prince George, I I know there's no video, but this happened. Like, no, I'm not doing that. All these fights are on YouTube. You can go look them up. So you go tell me I'm wrong. Love to hear from you. Number four, McSorley versus Probert. Probert, without a doubt, is the known fight, best known fighter in the National Hockey League. However, McSorley was, was known to not shy from a fight. Being the fourth most penalized player in history. One of the biggest fights came with Probert in Detroit. Got into a fist fight with the, with Penguins player, Marty McSorley. Probert started the fight with shoving McSorley with both hands soon after they were throwing punches, tugging jerseys, and didn't tire out. And the fight went over a hundred seconds. A hundred seconds. That's an interesting way to put it. A hundred seconds of fighting. Uh, well, Probert is known for his fights in the NHL. This fight was one for their history books in terms of length and a legendary matchup. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, great fight. Yeah, like I said, marathon battle. Um, yeah, solid boat between two, two of my favorite guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I know they had, they had lots of bouts and, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, I agree. This one should be on the list. Yeah. Number three. Oh, I'm gonna. Well, here we go. Quebec and Montreal. Well, there you go. Nordiques Canadians brawl in '84, commonly known as the Good Friday Massacre, and for good reason. The fight occurred in '84 Stanley Cup playoff matchup between the two Canadian teams, April 20th, '84. Two teams are known for having a rivalry, which was evident in the bench clearing brawl towards the end of the second period. The fight resulted in 11 ejections from the game and 252 penalty minutes in total. One of the officials in the match was criticized for not taking control of the game and the players. He also failed to alert the teams of the assigned penalties, adding to the tension between the two teams. In the end, the Montreal Canadiens ended the series winning 5-3 and advancing to the next round. Um, yeah, uh, I want to say... I want. I just read about this. Uh, I think Bruce Hood was the rep. I think he like he kicked the guys out, but didn't tell them they had game misconducts. Is that what happened? I'm, I'm asking, waiting for an answer. Um, I uh, I believe that's what happened, and they came back on the ice or something. I don't know. I'm gonna have to again. I'm reading this. I'm discovering this list with you guys, so I've had time to research this. I mean, I suppose I could hit pause and go watch the video, but I'm not going to. Um, I mean, I've seen the brawl before, but I mean. Everything gets mixed in together. Um, but uh, I want to say that's what happened. He, he didn't inform the players of the game misconduct and they came back and caused more shit. Something like that. But uh, yeah, well, there you go. The Battle of Quebec, there was lots of them. And like I said, I just read the... That's how ironic that, I, of course, I read the, the beer thing there. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. I really hope... Um, I mean, not that this would ever happen again or blah, blah, blah. But... Um, you know, for the sake of the fans, I think it'd be interesting if uh, Quebec got their NHL team again. Um, I think it, I think they'd obviously support it. Um, it'd be interesting to see um, the rivalry now between the teams. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, and like a real rivalry, not like a made-up one for you. Like rivalry night. That's like Columbus versus you know Winnipeg. You know, or something like that, you know. Carolina versus Boston, rivalry night. All right, sure. Um, although, I guess Hartford, Boston back. Eh, yeah, okay. Uh, where are we here? Number two, let's go here. Another bro- Bruins versus Rangers. Rare for hockey fans to get involved in player versus player fights. Harvard set, okay. Set, I didn't know what year it was. 79 Rangers and the fans got involved in a brawl extended long at the Rangers and their fans and their fans got involved in a brawl that extended long after the game. Fight began when the Rangers failed to score on a breakaway, loses the Bruins 4-3. At the end of the game, Al Secord of the Bruins decked off Nielsen of the Rangers. As both players became involved. The Ranger fan reached over the Bruins bench, hit a Bruins player with a game program, cutting him under the eye. Following the Bruins players, jumped into the stands and began fighting a group of Ranger fans. The fight took multiple security guards to break up and is now the reason for higher glass around the around the hockey ice in the National League. Um... Well, I don't know about that last part, but of course, this is the famous, uh, you know, Mike Milbury beating the guy with the shoe and O'Reilly going into the stands. I always laugh because O'Reilly was the first one to go into the stands and then the rest of the Bruins followed. Um, I, it's probably because Milbury is so hated by everybody. Everybody likes to point out that Milbury is like some asshole for beating a fan, but like no one ever says Terry O'Reilly was the first. O'Reilly gets like you know, it never gets shit on for going into the crowd. I always thought, I mean, I think Mike Milbury's a goof and everything else, but personally, I thought the whole shoe thing was fucking hilarious. Um, you know, whatever, beating the guy with his shoe. I mean, you know, you're getting beat. Like, you're losing the fight when a guy beats you with your own loafer. You know, that's a tough look. <laughs> I don't know, I always thought that was all, that was just really funny. Um, but yeah, could you imagine that now? Imagine a guy going, into the, imagine a team going into the crowd now. 
Could you imagine the lawsuits? Oh, you guys would be bad. They'd be up for you know, three to five at Sing Sing if they did that now. But yeah, yeah. What? If, it's, yeah, it's just uh, I was Cade McNally. I was on the phone with him. We were talking and. And I like to send Cade like like YouTube clips because he's such a young kid. He's twenty one, right? I like sending him clips from the old day, like shit from when he was before he was even born. But which sounds so funny because I could send him nineties stuff, and I'm sending him shit where he wasn't born. Here, how's that for dating ourselves, right? Uh, but I, I'd send him all like old American League brawls and some like Quebec League knockouts and and just shit for him to see her, like yeah, especially the old Quebec League stuff where you get like like Quebec's L and H stuff. You know, you get fans of the ice fighting players and all that goofy shit, but. Um, I, I guess we've become so desensitized to it back then, um, which is probably what leads me to fight fight with. Well, it is what leads me to kind of make fun of hockey Twitter and fight with the guys on Twitter today when when they're yelling about Tom Wilson or Jay Beagle last year with Zigris and those guys. He's such a goon. Me, you know. Meanwhile, I'm sending Cade clips of John Baduke scaling a penalty box glass and jumping into the other box and fighting and shit like that and. I mean, after you see stuff like that, um, I grew up with stuff like that and the brawls they used to see in Saskatoon with the blades and stuff. Um, yeah, the, I, when I say today's stuff is like ice capades, it really is. Like what people view today as dirty is sort of funny to me. And, and maybe it is, and I guess that I should maybe take it more, well, I'm not going to take it more seriously, but it's just like, oh yeah, okay. But yeah, like I said, you got guys going into the crowd beating guys with their fucking hush puppies. You know, how am I, am I really going to think that fucking Tom Wilson's mean? <laughs> really? Right. You know what I mean? And it's just like, come on. But anyway, what is the number one NHL fight of all time? Uh, they're really going with the brawls. Uh, the Ottawa Senators versus the Philadelphia Flyers. All right. Without a doubt, some of the biggest fights are those that get the entire team involved. The Ottawa Senators versus the Philadelphia Flyers in 04. Both teams set the record for the most penalty minutes accumulated in a single game. Really? Oh, okay. Um, the brawl started with a fight between the Flyers, Donald Brashear, and Ottawa's, that's, that's sound weird, Ottawa's Rob, Rob Way. Way, W-A-Y. <laughs> All right. The Flyers, well, Way, <laughs> Rob Way. However, this quickly escalated the two teams fighting, fighting it out on the ice. Fight, did they translate this? This can't be like an, this must be translated from something, but fights continued until the, until the end of the game with a grand total of 20 players being ejected from the match and like five players left on the team's benches. While the Flyers won the game, uh, fights continued after the game with both coaches exchanging words before exiting the ice. It was, well, so I don't know if I'd call that a fight, but all right. In the end, the Flyers accumulated 213 minutes, Senders 206 or record total up 419. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, an old four. I mean, I'm sure the refs were handing out tens like candy and, Whatever, um, Rashir and Way. Um, yeah, well, this is right at the end for Ray. I think this is actually, I think that was Ray's last NHL fight was against Rashir and he got cut and whatever, um, which he didn't see very often. Um, well, I don't know about, I, I don't understand the wording entire team involved. Well, it's not like they, it, it wasn't like a 70s when they cleared the benches and literally the entire teams were involved. Nobody cleared the benches in this. Um, Again, I, I don't remember the specifics of the brawl. Um, I, I like, I remember the Brashear Ray fight. Um, I, I don't know. I, I get, I, I'm not sure why this, I mean, I guess it made the, the number one because it's the most penalized 
whatever of all time. Um, or just before that, I think it would probably have been the Bruins North Stars game, I would think. Um, that one I would have had on there instead of this one, because that one did involve the whole team. Um, that did clear the benches. Um, yeah, I mean, looking back, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, I guess what could you do with most iconic fights? I mean, Probert and Crowder, I mean, you could, I mean, well, you could probably use Probert for a bunch of fights. Um, you know, I don't who knows? I mean, well, actually, what I was really surprised it wasn't on here was Wendell Clark and McSorley in the playoffs. Um, that's surprising. I mean, not that that was some great fight, um, but again, the theater of it. Um, yeah, I mean, you talk to Leaf fans, they'll, I mean, to this day, that fight's the, oh, Wendell kicked his ass. It's like, no, he didn't. He got out punched about 30 to 3. But he landed the best punch at the start where he cut Marty. So he did the damage. So again, the the and Marty going off the ice covers the camera up and whatever. But you know, um, if you watch that fight, it's like you know Marty's right there. He didn't go down or anything. Just got cut. I mean, guys get cut all the time. But I mean, in terms of great fights, like I said, I gave you know Eagles versus Ronnie Stern that I put up on Twitter the other day. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, toe to toe punches and everything else. Coaster dropping kite. That was a big one, right? That was that was a big knockout. Um, you know, just, I mean, whatever. You, I mean, what, well, I mean, goalie fights. What about Pot Bannon versus Hextall? Not a, that was a great fight, but again, the theater of it. Like when you mention, you mention Ron Hextall, a hockey fight fan on the message boards will say, oh, the fight with Pot Van. Or if you mention Pot Van, they'll, oh, the fight with Hextall, right? Like, to me, I guess that, that's what would make something iconic. It wasn't that the, you know, that the fight was some great fight. But it's one of those things when you mention a guy's name, it sort of goes hand in hand with that the the opponent, right? I guess that is what I'm trying to say. So I guess that's what makes a fight legendary. So yeah, but uh, I I mean overall was that that list wasn't terrible. I mean I will say I it, it wasn't. Um, you know, there's a few on there like Coach Inchara and whatever. Well, even Beagle and Ashton. That was a big knockout, but I don't know how remembered that would be um and then the ripping fight but um you know i get it i mean I, i'll put it that way that certainly wasn't the uh that wasn't the worst list what that uh, that i've done on this show that's for sure so um yeah anyway guys uh that'll wrap it up for sunday um i want to thank everybody again for voting in the tournament and uh and the feedback was really great um I have a, I was going to say, I have a really, I have a really fun interview on Wednesday because I've actually, well, hey, look at this, I'm ahead of the game, right? Um, I actually have an interview in the can, so to speak. Um, I have Harris, did I already mention that? Whatever, I'm going to mention it again. I've actually stopped and restarted this a couple times, so I can't remember what I said. But so if I repeat, if I've said this already, I'm sorry. But, um, yes, Wednesday's show will be my interview with Harrison Harper. Um, I've had him on the show before. Um, I believe it was episode 127. We t- we played in the Western Hockey League and then played in the Maritimes. Went on to college, blah blah blah. We talked we talked about his whole career. Then this one last year, Harrison went decided to go back and play hockey, uh, and he played a season in the Southern Pro League with the Fayetteville Marksmen, and he got called up for one game in the East Coast League. And uh, he talks about that the trials the trials and tribulations of the Southern uh, playing Southern Pro and being called up. And he tells some funny stories, and he really gives you guys the, it was the behind the scenes of his year in the Southern Pro League and what he went through and, and what these guys go through. And uh, 
Harrison also has his own uh, podcast. It's called The Podject, and we talk about it briefly. I was on that show uh, two episodes ago, if you want to go check it out. Um, but Harrison's just a unique guy. Good kid. Um, I, he's a kid to me, uh, you know, and uh, fun to talk to. Uh, like I said, interesting guy, funny guy. His, 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 his podcast is out there. He talks about different... He actually really doesn't talk about hockey. He talks about everything, but... Um, I just find him unique and he's funny. Like the last one he talked about long weekend with his friends and boating and fishing and there was an incident and whatever. And that's like 45 minutes he talks about this. And I don't know, it, to me it was just, he's just a unique guy. He's a nice, and like I said, nice guy. I enjoy talking to him. We talk, um, you know, we text back and forth a lot. And, and I talked to him when the season was going on last year and, and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, we've talked about having him come back on the show and we finally, I finally, uh, got him, uh, you know, to sit still long enough because he's he's busy. He's a roofer, doing roofing, and he's starting his own roofing business. Red Mile Roofing in Calgary starting in uh, in the fall here next next month. So if you're in the Al- I think he says the Southern Alberta area, and you need your roof done, hey, I got a guy for you, Harrison Harper, Red Mile Roofing. Um, yeah, maybe we can get him the sponsor. I mean, I'll get him the sponsor the show. There we go. But uh, it it really is a fun interview, and he's a fun guy, and uh, he'll he'll give you the whole. You listen to him. You want to listen to a hockey player? You listen to him because he's got the. He talks like a hockey player, and uh, you know you'll you'll dig it. He's he's a fun guy, and uh, and he was really into the interview. I know we we joked the first time I had him on. I mean, he had been roofing out in the sun all day and whatever. I think he's half asleep in the interview and. I think even his dad said, yeah, you were the shits. <laughs> you know, I didn't, it wasn't that bad, but he wasn't the same. Cause I, at that point, I'd listened to the project a bunch of times. So I know what he sounded like. And I knew, I knew he was tired and everything else. I was just, I, I had to, I appreciated him taking the time to come on the show, right? But, you know, we all had tired and it was a long day. Plus the time difference, they're two hours ahead of us in Ontario. So, um, you know, he was really battling for that during that, uh, interview. But with this one, he was primed up and ready to roll because it was like four o'clock in the afternoon when we were doing it. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I think you guys will really like the interview. I, I know I had a lot of fun talking to him. So it was cool. But so that'll be Wednesday's episode. And then from there, I got a couple in the fire that I need to talk to. So we'll see what happens down the line. But that's what's happening this week anyway, folks. So that is that. So I am off and uh, I'm heading over to my parents to have a couple beers with the old man, celebrate my birthday. And uh, yeah, that is that. All right, guys. As always, thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?